Hello, horror fans. It's me, Cassandra, and Kylie. And we are the Horrorcraft Podcast. Um, we are flying just the two of us tonight. Um, Zane and Mary are both not able to join us, but obviously they're here in spirit along with my spooky ghosty uh attire um which is a tribute to kind of the theme of our episode we are continuing our isolation theme and uh pretty much with this one um we were previously going to do dr sleep however it is not currently on streaming where you could stream it readily which is sad um and even though you can rent it we always want to do something that is more accessible to people um so we kind of had to pivot and we pivoted in the best way possible because john carpenter's birthday was just on january 16th and i feel like this film that we are about to talk about is one of his underrated gems i think people kind of give it a harder time than it deserves um but it is a fantastic movie and we are talking about 2001's ghost of mars so if you have not seen it go watch it on tubi it is currently available on tubi i do see that it says it's leaving soon so i don't know if that means the end of the month or a couple weeks from now who knows the timeline um but just kind of watch that um it does show up on other places for free as well from time to time so just look into it before you listen to this episode if you're listening to this past January 2024. Um, but in kind of uh, line with our isolation theme, this is um, the worst possible isolation following up aliens is being stuck on Mars <laughs> um, and dealing with something that you've never quite seen before. So with that being said, let's go ahead and move on and cue the music but before you do that, make sure you're strapped into your Martian train. Make sure that you got your gas mask and run away with people with sticks. That's all I'm going to say. So yep. in the vein of that, if you're all set, let's get this train rolling. Cue the music. <laughs> So we are back. So uh, before we get started in this, um, I feel like this is a perfect time to segue for Kylie and I both to talk about the other podcast that Horror Craft currently has, which is Spooky Mom's Coven, which Kylie and I both host. Um, Spooky Mom's Coven is pretty much uh, the spiciness you get from Horror Craft, but in a more family-friendly setting. This is for our friends and our fans who like our content but don't want to hear the f word every other second um around their children or death and violence you know <laughs> the huge uh so check out spooky mom's coven we are also following in line with this month's theme and we are going to be doing an episode about paranormal so please check us out a uh, link will be in the description down below and if you like the banter of Horrorcraft, Kylie and I, we just kill it in Spooky Mom's Coven. So we do. Yeah, we have a good time, good family friendly time. Yes. And but we still have some fun with it. So if you want a good laugh, a good giggle, and a good horror filled time with your family, 
check out spooky moms so getting on to our topic today which is ghost of mars kylie you had never seen this movie before no i hadn't so this is um, my first time what's your impression of it oh my god i loved it it's kind of different isn't it um it is but i don't know why people hated on this so much i thought it was great you know you got i mean a young jason statham and this was jason statham's first on-screen kiss yes it was it was um and jason statham had done snatch before this um but he this was kind of one of his more mainstream roles and um jason statham i have to say this i said this when i did the episode um with uh bucket of chum and um i like so i think the meg movies can kind of be overrated but the reason i think i have such an axe to grind is jason statham is a good actor like i don't know how many different times jason statham there's been movies where he just pulls out performances that I think make the whole movie. So I have a problem with them not letting him be more Jason Statham. Um, so I really like him in this movie. I think he kills it. I think it's natural for him. So I would really like to see some more horror movies with Jason Statham in it. Like, Definitely. I, would I like, think he could definitely rock it in the horror genre. Which one do you... Uh, so, I don't know what kind of movie you have in mind for him, but I see him in a slasher. Yes. I see him in that cop that's, like, trying to put it all together and just be like, yep. fuck this shit. And yep. then just goes kind exactly. of fucking sideways with it. Like, I see him in that. Yep, that's exactly how I see him, too. I don't see him being, like, the slasher. I see him being kind of like, yeah, the detective, like, trying to figure everything out. Yeah, I see him but almost being a as... fucking badass. Yeah, I almost see him as, like, a badass Dewey from Scream. Like, yes. Like, you know, he's got, he's that cop with the jaded past, and he's he's yeah. trying to figure this out. He's got, a, he's like Liam Neeson. He's got that certain skill set, yes. and this brings it out, and he just goes in, and he fucks shit up. Like, I could see it being fucking crazy. So, please, uh, this is 2024. Let's get some more Jason Statham horror movies. You know, just a little bit of a break in between the action. I still like him in the action. I mean, he just just came out with Expendables 4 that had him and Megan Fox. And I will tell you, just to see them as a couple was worth the whole movie. Uh, I need to see that. Oh, girl just saying jason but i mean he is an attractive guy and he plays his character to a t um the other person that kind of stands out to me is pam greer's character um obviously she was foxy brown she's been in so many other things bones um but she's kind of a take no shit power lesbian in this movie and I just, I fully buy into it. And I'm really upset when she gets killed off pretty early. But we got I her. I was too. I was too. I wanted to see more of her I kind in the of, movie. I kind of feel like, I, I feel like I'm going to, uh, I feel like I'm going to make people mad with this. But I kind of wish they would have killed Bashira off earlier than her character. I'm, dude, I don't know how she survived as long as she did. And then... <laughs> I mean, spoiler alert, uh, when she dies, it's like, oh, okay, all right, yeah. 
like almost kind of like finally sorry yeah her character is definitely a lot different than her character in the faculty yeah um her character in the faculty she is punchy she is punchy you understand why she makes it to the end because man she she was rock'em sock'em and this though she kind of gets her shit rocked she's a she's a newbie she's trying to like go along and do this and her shit just gets rocked in this movie um when she sees a little heart (laughs) yeah when she sees those dead bodies for the first time it's like she's in a fish market she just wants to run the other way yeah so but yeah i um I don't know. My my favorite is Ice Cube. I don't care if people are like... Same here. Same here. He's my favorite. I feel like he just... He knew I'm going to be a punchy character. I'm going to be car- kind of cartoonish of myself. And I'm going to play this the way that I want to. And... He understood it, the assignment. Yeah, he really did. And god bless him for it i mean he's just what's really funny um just some stuff i read he thought this was like the worst movie like he ever did and was one of john carpenter's worst films as well yeah john carpenter um this is a fun fact and uh we'll get into it here in a little bit too john carpenter actually he would go on set and be like this is the worst piece of shit ever and like say it to the whole entire cast and crew just so it made like them more comfortable and him be more relatable (laughs) and i would just pay anything in the world to see ice cube and jason Statham in the same room when john carpenter was walking by saying that like i just want to imagine the amount of like just shit that flew out of Ice Cube in Jason Statham's mouth where they were like, do, do you think this is a good idea? If he's walking around saying I'm like, you know what I mean? Right. Or like, is he being serious or is he not? Are we gonna are we gonna lose our jobs? Like, what's going on? <laughs> it's crazy though, because John Carpenter, he got so fed up with the film industry after this that he stopped directing or doing anything for like 10 years the next movie he came out with was the ward um but i think people misunderstood him so the whole point of this is it's meant to be overacted it's meant to be kind of a comical satirical version of itself he kind of wanted to have you know you see like the escape from new york and escape from la um you it was kind of supposed to be that movie with that like action star quality where it's like you're taking it too seriously but in this case like he kind of wanted it to be a satire of itself and i think people just didn't understand that um which i mean god love john carpenter how many times do people have to underestimate him like with the thing and with all the other things that he does like you know john carpenter's vampires this one there are a ton of john carpenter movies including the thing that i would say were highly underrated obviously the thing has since become a massive hit cult status but a lot of john carpenter like people were like this is shit and then 20 years later you get us saying it's fantastic you should this is fucking gold this this is is great yeah yeah 
So the lesson is, John Carpenter, next time you make a, uh, a movie, the Horrorcraft podcast has to be there to hype you up. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll be there for you. Yeah. We'll sing Kumbaya. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make everything right in the world. Right. So, um, but yeah, getting into this movie, I'm not going to uh, say a ton about it, give a ton away. Um, but the main premise is... Um, our main character, um, who I'm going to fact check here in a minute. Um, Natasha. Natasha. Yeah, she, uh, I always get really um, self-conscious about saying her last name just because I feel like I get her and a bunch of other mainstream Natasha's confused. Um, Natasha Henderson, Hen Stridge, um, you might have seen her. Where's in... Mary? Where's Mary with her Mary. Yes. We, um, we love you, Mary. We love you, Mary. Please come back for the next episode <laughs> to keep us on track. Um, right. But she was in the Species series. She's been in a ton of things. Um, I, I am a weirdo, and I remember her as part of the Jason and the Argonauts miniseries. Um, because I was obsessed with that growing up as a kid because it had just a ton of shit ton of people that I liked like her and Brian Thompson and um, just so many other people that I could really name um, but I just remember seeing her all the time but she obviously was a, a huge part of the species so and she is a OG because <laughs> um, originally this was supposed to be Courtney Love's I know oh my gosh yeah and I thought that was hilarious and as to why she yeah she had her foot ran over and I think it was 10 days that they had to find a different person and Natasha was do you know who ran her ankle over no who ran her ankle over her boyfriend's ex-wife her boyfriend's wife or boyfriend's ex-wife. Hold on one second. Yeah. T. <laughs> T. Uh, I feel I feel like there's a lot of tea like surrounding like this movie a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Like uh there's a lot, but I mean, God bless Natasha. She showed up, she did this movie. Um she plays Lieutenant Melanie Ballard. And when we see Melanie, she she's a little fucked up. She's tired. Oh yeah. She's over it. And um they call the drug clear. Um but when they're talking about it in this, they part of the like the term of it is chloride. So uh ma'am, you're you're doing like weird chemicals. You shouldn't be doing those. Stay away. Yeah, I I couldn't really understand what they were try, kind of tr- trying to portray. I don't I know. Don't, it kind of seemed like may, maybe some kind of almost like an opiate, but like a synthetic type. Definitely yeah. a synthetic drug. For yeah, sure. I mean, it definitely makes homegirl trip some shit. Like we see some yeah. water. We see some things moving. I'm not going to give it too much shit because it does end up saving her at yep. one point in this movie. But yep. still, 
uh, I'm still a little concerned about what's in that. Like, uh, is there some formaldehyde? Is there some, it just, it just seems sketch. Okay. This is supposed to be like 2150 something. And so this is about to be like a hundred and some years. So I'm just a little concerned that there's some weird things going on with that, that drug just by the name of it. But, um, well, it, it is set in 2176. Who knows what different, you know what I mean? <laughs> if you're listening to this episode in 2176, we'll, we won't be here. We won't but, be here. But comment below for posterity. <laughs> I mean, just let us know. Let us know if, if you caught up to this. If we are in space at this time. <coughs> Wait. Um, so anyway, she starts out and you you get that this is a, a group of uh, soldiers that have hopped on this train that are um, doing a prisoner exchange. The prisoner is a high criminal, um, Desolation Williams, which is played by Ice Cube. And it seems like he has gotten in trouble a lot of times before, but this is the one that is finally catching up to him because he's accused of murdering a bunch of people. Um, and so they have to get ready for that. Um, and they are on a train in Mars. Um, they're just rolling through Mars. So apparently Mars is inhabitable. Um at this you point you can also time. breathe on mars yeah the one thing that's factually inaccurate is the uh gravity level on mars um someone yeah. pointed out that they would be not moving the way that they are if they were on mars so just use your imagination kids so, anything's possible we're not yeah. there yet so, not there yet um pam greer's character Helena, Commander Helena. She's the one who runs the show. Um, she is a badass woman who takes no shit. Um, which is per usual for Pam Greer. I mean, oh, yeah. golf clap for her. Uh, but we get to Mars and like where we're going. We get off the train and things are weird. It is a ghost town. It is almost like ghost ship. Just kind of how Kylie referenced that in Alien and Alien yeah. Alien Aliens episode. This is literally a fucking ghost town. Um, yep. this should have been the first signal for them to run away, but they got a job to do. People are missing. They gotta find out where Williams is, and they stumble upon a bunch of bodies. A shit ton of bodies. Like Somebody gets a gold star for placing that many bodies in a frame, um, which we'll get to the special effects because it's John Carpenter and these are fucking incredible as per usual. Uh, but they notice things are a little different. Um, they come upon a vehicle that has a man in it that he is trying to hurt himself. They see that he's maybe trying to say something. He kills himself right in front of them. And... Um, they kind of are all like, what the fuck? Um, so they get everyone together. They find out that there is a woman who came in who might have some of the answers. Her name is Whitlock. And she came in a weather balloon. 
Um, we find out later on that this is a virus that is carried through the wind um, that makes people go insane. And there is a mine in this town. They put a stop order in and everyone went fucking crazy. So those of them who aren't dead are cannibalistic, body modding motherfuckers, basically. Um, running around, just causing chaos. So there is a lot that happens. Um, just visually, like heads being decapitated and put on spikes like it makes your mind go nuts and we see that in kind of a a scene where one of the prisoners is infected see how his mind evolves um so they have to get out um and in order to get out they kind of have to fight their way out uh that doesn't end up going well and so they uh they kind of try to come up with a new plan unfortunately lieutenant ballard at one point gets infected it is her clear her drug her stash that ends up saving her and rebuking but she kind of sees their plan they do make it back on the train but she's like listen i saw what's going on i saw what they want they're gonna they're gonna like demolish this whole entire planet we need to go back and everyone's like oh fuck this and uh she's like no we gotta do this and the whole time you come to realize that even though desolation williams ice cubes character probably is not the most he's not the greatest he's not the most law-abiding citizen however he didn't murder who they said he did so you get yeah. the sense that this is fucked up. Like he got accused of a crime that he really like, yes, he might've stole some money. He, they say stash, but it's the money or the cryptocurrency right. or whatever. But, uh, he didn't murder people. So, right. uh, so it kind of ends with like a all out battle with them. Um, the body modifications and the way that these alien, like these are humans that modify themselves and the way that these things look are fucking incredible. Um, golf clap to, uh, freaking, uh, Greg Nicotero, Mr. Greg Nicotero, who always partners up with John Carpenter and does special effects. So they end up blowing up. And they think that, okay, everything's going to go well. Desolation ends up pulling a slick one on Melanie and basically huffing her to part of the train that goes in to the big hub. And this whole time she's been retelling this account to their like tribunal. And in true aliens fashion, these people do not believe her. They're like, oh, she's crazy it doesn't seem like even though people have been mur- like crazy amounts of people have been murdered and we see 24 hours later this shit has caught up to them so and then desolation comes in and they are gonna fuck some shit up we never get a second ghost of mars where they're all going ape shit but we could just imagine the team up between ballard's character and desolation and how they are absolutely just tearing up martian ass 
Oh yeah. So for sure. But that is our our movie. Um, and we will get into some of the parts later. Um, however, I want to take a minute to talk about our wonderful partners at Magic Mind. If you are caught in the midst of a weird Martian uh, virus gust of wind, Magic Mind can save you. Um, it may not help you with fighting, said uh, Zombie Horde, but it will help you focus your mind. Um, it has got matcha, a lion's mane mushroom, and a ton of great ingredients. It's meant to replace those weird kind of almost alien-like five-hour energy shots that can leave you lagging. And it is just a nice way to naturally supplement your routine, whether you're like me and you drink copious amounts of uh, diet cola. I feel like that was me trying to be uh, Farva from Super Troopers. If you know, you know. Um, or you're trying it with coffee. I know I've said this a lot, but um, the last couple of years, coffee and I have had a tumultuous relationship. I love it, but my acid reflux and I have not been friends. However, taking Magic Mind with some of the coffee, it is it works out fantastic. Um, and Kylie can tell you, as somebody who is a little bit on the neurospicy side, um, having ADHD. This is a, a very helpful tool, especially when you're fighting against yourself to eliminate that brain fog and the stress that you feel with just feeling like you're out of your mind. Um, Absolutely. It's, it's not a magic cure-all, but with your regular routine, it will definitely help you and pick you up. So I would definitely recommend trying it. You can find it on Amazon um, if you're on the West Coast. Like our friend Mary, you can find it at Sprouts Grocery Store. Um, you can also find it with our unique link, which will be in the description down below. And they are running a New Year's special right now. Um, the last episode, I had misspoken because I had read it the wrong way. Um, again, that's my ADHD talking. But if you purchase three months of these on the website, um, which is a fantastic deal you get the third month free um which equals out amazing and if that wasn't a great deal enough you can use our coupon code which is horrorcraft20 to get 20 percent off in conjunction with that um so our coupon code stacks with any deals that magic mind is running on their website at the time so please give it a try if you do and you like it or however you feel about it let us know at the horrorcraft uh, social media or our website, anything like that. Um, let us know what you think of it. Cause we would really love the feedback. So, um, if you need to get yourself out of a sticky alien situation, Mega mind is there to help you at least mind wise, not, you know, pew pew gun wise. So, um, but thank you to our friends at magic mind for partnering with us as always. You guys are the ghost knees not the bees knees goat you're the goats the ghosts there we go the ghost with the most the ghost with the most sorry magic mind for being a little cringe it's per huge it's okay so um so yeah so this movie um 
For those of you who do not know who Greg Nictero is, Greg Nictero is a renowned special effects artist. Um, he is the creative mind behind the Walking Dead series. He also, um, I more so know him from Creep Show, which is currently streaming on Shutter. But he is also a huge brain behind a lot of great Carpenter, especially The Thing. The Thing was Greg Nicotero's baby visual effects wise. Um, so it, it's not surprising how crazy these elements in this movie, especially with the body modification, looks. Um, what did you think, Kylie, the first time you saw like the virus infect them and how they modify themselves. I thought it was wild. Like you had to be worried about, okay, like there's like a spirit in the air, a demon that's going to affect me. And then dude, when they were the body modifications, when they were sticking things and like in their faces and all i'm like oh my god but yeah. like you can't you don't, you don't really know what's gonna happen like okay is it a demon oh it just looks really high oh it's this creature coming towards me now yeah you don't really know what to make of it because it is a organism it's a vapor that was released that was part of like uh whitlock said she released pandora's box and so it's a yeah. really crazy image when we see in her mind, like from her point of view, when that happens, like those who didn't die from like the initial, cause like the, it rolls in like a fog. It takes everyone out. Those who didn't die from it, half of them went crazy and it infected them and it turned them evil. The other half did it, but those guys are fucked. Because the moment right. that those evil ones snap into place, they turn into a cannibalistic, murderous rage. And you see that yeah. throughout. But when you see that big shot where you see everything coming together for the first time, they go in on people. Like, it is no wonder, like, yeah, they thought desolation like had finally like snapped and done it because when you see them especially when they go in to the mess hall the one time and all of them are like hog tied upside down and stuff a la terrifier style they're fucking horrified um so then to see the images of like them like ripping things into their faces and stuff like that like it's already bad enough to have a murderous rage, but then to feel the need to body modify yourself to that point where you're like, I don't know, like kudos to Greg Nicotero though, because he made it look fucking terrifying, especially yeah. like the head guy and the way that they um put like all the stuff in there and things and the way that they speak the language. Oh, I will tell you something behind the scenes right now. The reason why, like, the head cannibal guy always sounds like he's saying an A sound is because of, like, the foam and stuff like that, the prosthetic that they have to use and everything. It was restricting him so much that he could only say, like, certain vowel sounds, um, which is interesting to me. But um, 
it's disconcerting like hordes of these people who have literally shredded their body to pieces like and when you see like close-ups of them like how they like I'm gonna blush even say this how they like modify like pierce their nipples and like did things with their abdomens and like oh like yeah ugh. Maybe that's why I like vampires, because listen, you, you just, you get bitten, it turns you, you don't have to do any weird stuff like this, or like a werewolf, you get transformation shit, you could just vampire it out. Anything, yeah, yeah, I don't even know. Yeah, he I... Went, he went way left and created, John Carpenter went way left and created a whole different, like... A whole different... I don't know. Yeah, I would look kind of like to see more of it, though. I would too because it's not it's terrifying in the same way that Alien and Aliens is where it's something that's inside of you that's coming out and you cannot control it but yeah. it's in a different way it is not a creature it's you it's you inhabited by an organism that completely takes you over not even in the the like way that the thing does where it like manipulates your body and it you turn into like a whole entire like different person uh it completely it just you can't even stop it because it's in the air it's not like an yeah. alien where you could try to maybe outrun it and it's not gonna happen or like a face hugger how do you kill something that's in the air right um i mean to me it's just interesting um so a couple of fun facts um jason statum was originally hired to play desolation williams um but then he was replaced by ice cube obviously for star power um i can't see jason statum as Des desolation williams. no i no. think he's perfect for the character that he plays um so um one of the reasons john carpenter wanted to set the film in a matriarchy was because he didn't want to have his female action heroes have to prove themselves before people took them seriously yeah i thought that was badass i did too it, it's kind of fucked though that john carpenter thinks about yeah. that more than maybe some other people um, the yeah. fact that John Carpenter is like, listen, I don't want my my female characters to have to deal with any kind of shit. So we're just going to make them, we're just going to start it off this way. Like, yep. and it is a very female centric movie, which I also think that's why maybe some people have a problem with it because it's over the top. It's meant to be cheesy. It's got that like, 2000s early 2000s like element to it where it's like trying to be too cool for school and it's futuristic but like not landing in the right way i think that's the same thing that kind of happened with dracula 2002 is you know it tried to be a reflection of the early 2000s i think people didn't like that but if you go back and watch it now it is completely a reflection of the early 2000s. Like, it really is. And there is an article that talks about it, too. Um, but I think that's the same way with this. Like, it's early 2000s of what we think Mars would be. 
I don't think people liked that. I don't think people liked that. I don't think people liked that these female uh, action stars were being crazy. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. Um, the film soundtrack was composed um, with help from various rock groups, including Anthrax, Stevie Ba, Guns N' Roses guitarist Buckhead and Robin Thicke, and Elliot Easton, who is formerly of the Cars. So that is all the rock music that you hear in the background, which is awesome. Um, poor Natasha Henderson. She, uh, they had to shut production down for a week because she fell ill due to exhaustion. Um, John Carpenter thought it might have been because they filmed this in a gypsum mine. Um, but actually, um, Natasha thinks it's because she filmed two movies back to back and then came and did this movie. So, um, Natasha, you're you're a superwoman, but don't do that again. Yeah. Yeah. Prioritize your health. Um, but you still are a badass. Um the opening sequence when you see the train, it is a model train that they made to look less like a model. Um and I guess it didn't fool many people, but it did fool Natasha Hendrickson. Hen, oh my god. Hen Stridge. Natasha Hendridge. Oh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I still love you. I'm sorry. Yeah, I have I have problems. Again, this was Jason Statham's first on-screen kiss. It's crazy to think about that because Jason Statham, he becomes a whole snack after this. Um, like I mean, Jason Statham is a great actor and I don't want people to think that I strictly just am I objectifying him because of his body and his presence, but he is a a fantastic actor. It doesn't hurt though that he was an Olympic swimmer before he decided to uh, do acting and he, he, he's a whole snack. I'm sorry. I'm not going to apologize. Yeah, he was. (laughs) Um, That's why he has like the, muscular build but it's not like bulky like say some of the other action stars that he's around it's because uh you know his just like um martial artists and people who have like been ballet dancers and stuff like that that's how their muscles are more lean that's why his muscles are more lean which makes it easier for him to do the shit that he does um so uh, one of the severed heads is uh, made to look like Greg Nicotero. Um, it's funny that in a lot of John Carpenter movies, the special effects people uh, make themselves in the film being dead. Um, it sounds like something we would do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, like um, Kylie said, and 2006 ice cube did an interview um he said that this was the worst movie he appeared in called it unwatchable in many ways john carpenter really let us down with the special effects on that one it looked like something out of a film from 1979 
do we feel like he has a point? Yes and no. Yeah, I, I feel he was great. Yeah, I feel like okay, so I feel like some of the special effects were they the greatest? No. Yeah. But I feel we learned this from aliens. Like aliens, the first one only had a million dollars. The xenomorph only got four minutes. Um, because of that, they upped the budget to eighteen million dollars. Um, for that movie, the second movie, Aliens. Um, due to this, I am looking at this right now. Um, I'm going to look this up. I wonder how much of a budget this is because we are talking again about a sci-fi epic. Okay, so it was uh twenty eight million dollars. I feel like that's a lot. It is, but then is is it? Because okay, I know that this is years later, right? But um, I'm trying to look up the budget. Hold on one second. Um. So Ridley Scott goes back and does um, Prometheus and Alien Covenant. And those had... So you look at Alien, uh, Prometheus and Alien Covenant, right? And those are very futuristic. Like, And those that was just a couple years ago. Um, Prometheus was 2012. That was $130 million. Wow. To make, wow. to actually like flesh out a whole entire like wow. planet, like spaceship, like stuff like that. So $28 million for John Carpenter's, I think seems like a lot of money, especially in, uh, 2001 because um let's find the equivalent of this dollars in 2001 so 28 million dollars in 2001 would be worth about 48.5 million today but if you think about it they probably had to pay everyone they were worth and the set design and everything like that yeah um, i mean could it have been greater yes but do i think i also think that john carpenter did that as kind of a choice as yeah. well because yeah. he wanted it to be a little bit cheesier he wanted it like the whole purpose of this going back to the trivia um at one point in time and he did a 2011 interview where he stated he was intentionally trying to make ghost of mars over as over the top and as tongue-in-cheek as possible he claimed he was trying to make a mindless and silly yet highly entertaining and thrilling action fic 
where the universe allowed its characters and plot points to be silly without being full-fledged comedies. He attributed this to 80s movies like Commando, Rambo, and Predator, which that was the big movie in my mind that it kind of reminded me of is Predator. Because Predator is kind of a little bit silly, a little bit over the top. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger going after a (laughs) non-existent creature who is hunting him. And it looks weird from the outside, but it's a great movie. Like Predator movies are fantastic. So I think this was a choice. Um, I don't think it's uh, Ice Cube's worst film either. I think he's fantastic. The tagline is you don't stand a ghost of a chance. Some of the top lines and scenes. One of my favorite is when Jericho hits on Ballard. She goes, let me put it this way. Maybe I'd sleep with you if you were last man on earth, but we're not on earth. I feel like that's not true, though. I mean, it's Jason Statham. Right. You can't say that you maybe would have entertained a little bit of... I mean, he's handsome. Come on. Yeah, I mean, and I feel like he wasn't the worst one. Like, think about the guys that come in, like, that end up being the uh, Desolations crew. The guy that chops his hand off. Like, would you prefer that guy or Jason Statham's character? Um... If you had to pick a favorite part of this movie, what would it be? I, I'll go first, but I know my favorite part was when the guy chops his hand off. When he's like, when the when the one prisoner is like, uh, you know, they're trying to make bombs and like the cans and stuff like that. And he's like, here, you're doing it too hard. Let me take it. And he's like huffing the stuff, the street drug. And he's like and he chops part of he hands her the thing and part of his hand is off and then he's like ah that was like one of my favorite parts that yeah that's definitely one of my favorites too i'd say my favorite part is when ballard and desolate are headed back to christ mm-hmm. and like he's being all nice and stitching her up oh can i get you a blanket and she starts dozing off and he freaking cuffs her and dips out I thought that was absolutely hilarious. Like, you were so sweet. There could have been a moment right there. Nope. We had a moment, and you ruined it. Oh, yeah. He played her like a fiddle. So, do you think, now that we're, like, talking this movie and we're, like, wrapping things up, do you feel like this movie either falls in one or two categories? Is this a movie that should get a sequel to it? Should get a conclusion? Um, two, should be kind of reserved in cult status. Like this is an under undermined gem. And pe- this is just the movie the way it is. And I don't think we could get another second one that was like it. Or do you think that this is a movie that could stand to get a reboot. Wow. Um, you know, it'd have been really nice if they did like a sequel. Yeah. But 
I, I don't think that they could do that here. I think the only thing that they could do would be a reboot. And I don't know if I want to see, <laughs> see one. Yeah, a reboot. So I'm torn. I really think they could do a reboot. They could maybe do it to where it's not as over the top and maybe it is a little bit more straightforward and more, um, but still campy and stuff. Um, kind, kind of almost in the vein of Evil Dead Rise what was done more recently, you know, where it was like kind of a, it took notes from the new Evil Dead that came out in 2013 along with the original, tied both of those together and then added some of those elements as well, but also played it a little bit more straightforward, also a little bit more comical. Um, I think you could do that, but it would take a very particular person to do that. And um, I'm just... I don't know if John Carpenter would be one that would want to revisit it. So. Oh, I don't think he would either. No, I think John Carpenter is at, I mean, John Carpenter is in his seventies. I think he's at a point in his life where he's okay with just being more behind the scenes. Um, but I do think done right. They could do a reboot, but I also think it's time that we kind of, remove this like phallical thinking that a movie has to be absolutely perfect one way or another yes. in order to be a good movie like this is a good movie just on so many different things and I think people look at it as oh this is a piece of crap well I could say that there are movies worse than this movies more egregious um I don't think it's a bad movie i think it's an entertaining movie i think it's a kind of capsule of 2000 um and it really does kind of show that ideology of what we were thinking the future was going to be um that might seem weird to us now that we're in 2024 um uh, but i don't think it's a bad movie i think it deserves to maybe get a little bit more love um the same way kind of that john carpenter's vampires has gotten more love in the last couple of years um, last 10 years I feel the same way uh, Ghost of Mars and um, John Carpenter's Vampires I think are those two it's the two movies that he kind of painted outside of the lines a lot more than what people expected him to and then they didn't give him enough grace to kind of fully flesh that whole thing out and I think they're two movies that yes have their their moments but they're good movies they're fantastic movies with different takes like you know Va uh john carpenter's vampires is almost like a neo-western vampire movie in the vein of near dark like if you took near dark and dracula and almost elements of 30 days a night that we see years later that's john carpenter's vampire same way with this you see shades of aliens you see shades of alien you see shades of predator but then you also see the comical side where they almost take a page out of the Chiodo Brothers books um, and uh, really run with it, the, the fun stuff. So uh, for those of you who are seeing this on YouTube, 
Um, Kylie is uh, currently getting over the sniffles. As if you have listened to our alien episode, you would know that uh, Kylie, Zane, and I all live in Ohio, different parts. And um, Ohio went through some snow apocalypse things this past week. So, uh, you know, it didn't uh, do anyone's health any good. Uh, So, nope. But it's the perfect time to be isolated. So, um, if my last question would be, obviously, this is a different kind of movie. If you could recommend another movie that's like in the vein of this, what movie would you recommend? Ooh. Like maybe mm-hmm. something that's more outside of the box. Um, right off the bat, I will tell you that another John Carpenter one, um, is In the Mouth of Madness. Body Bags. Body Bags is another great one. Uh, Village of the Damned, which I also think is a Carpenter's film. Um, They Live is another John Carpenter film, but that's fantastic. Um, there are a lot of underserved, um, movies in John Carpenter's catalog that I think we could definitely, um, beg to say that they're different. If you haven't watched Ghost Ship and you like the abandoned vibes of this, listen to our episode of Ghost Ship, which I'll link down below, but then watch that as well. Um, and also, too, in that vein, um, 13 Ghosts is a great one. Um, I would also say Doom. Um, people, this might be an unpopular opinion, but the Doom movie that came out with The Rock and Carl Urban, that is more of like another horror action. I know a lot of people didn't like it. I love it, though. I love everything Carl Urban does. So I think Doom is a perfect like predecessor to this. Um, Pitch Black is another one. I just thought of that like right off the bat. But this movie totally gives like Pitch Black vibes. If Pitch Black was like more of a comedy. Um, the All the Alien movies, Starship Troopers. Um, I mean, really. Dracula 2000. Dracula 3000 which is a definite cheesy movie that has Dracula in space. I would highly recommend it. But um, Forsaken, uh, Leviathan, um, I will link a lot of these movies down below so you can check them out. If you're like us and you're stuck in the snowy weather or whatever weather you're currently in and you're isolated, pop on a good horror movie and it'll make your night. I promise you. So definitely check this out uh we have one more in our series for um isolation and then we move into love hurts um because february is coming up and while love is fantastic it can also hurt so we're going to explore both sides of that and i think the perfect ending to both isolation and um 
the theme of love is underworld. So uh, underworld obviously is a underworld underground war between vampires and werewolves. Um, it is a very dark tonal type of movie. And I am super excited because we are going to have our friend Chisto Healy, who is also the master of weaving certain realms, um, definitely dealing with isolation um, with us. So that will be fun. If you have not read Chisto's book, The Bucket List or Two of a Kind, we will also link that in this description and the episode description of Underworld. If you want to watch Underworld, before um you listen to this episode um i'm trying to find it right now um it looks like underworld is not on streaming um currently but underworld generally is one of those that are on streaming um we just had this come up <laughs> uh with dr sleep and Kylie made the joke that they need to start consulting us about pulling certain yeah. horror movies off streaming services. Um, yeah. I would say, though, that you could probably find Underworld on YouTube somewhere if you haven't seen it. Um, so go watch it. If you haven't, it is only available for $3.99 to rent. Um, so I would definitely say it's worth the watch. So uh, check it out. Give it a watch through. Um, but join us for the conclusion of Isolation and our launch into Love Hurts. And as always, let us know what you think about the episode. Um, I am super uh, happy to have had um, Kylie come on this episode with me, even though currently she is struggling with the plague. Um, so we hope Kylie, you know, yeah. no, uh, I might die. No weird Martian. You can't die. I will come after you. So, oh my gosh, this cough, this cough is horrible. Yes, Kylie's been going through it, and we really appreciate her showing up for us in this episode. So, thank you, Kylie, as always. And check us in our crazy shenanigans if you like this episode with the two of us on Spooky Moms. We are always unhinged, but yet family friendly, appropriate on there. Yeah. Um, so. But until next time, it's me, Cassandra, and Kylie. And we are the Horror Craft Podcast. We're two-fourths of the Horror Craft Podcast. And we are saying bye and stay spooky. Bye. Bye. <laughs>